Hi, welcome to Come Follow Me with Bree, episode 109, Do Ye Not Hear the Law? Hello, I'm so glad you're here. As always, today I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to anyone else. We are going to preface today somewhere besides Isaiah, but don't worry, we'll make it back there. We are going to read what Paul taught in Galatians chapter 4 and then break it down a little bit, starting in verse 18. But it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing, and not only when I am present with you. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you, I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? Okay, so that first part. But it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing, and not only when I am present with you. He's saying that it's good to be passionate and engaged in a good thing, but he's worried about the people and is disturbed by the behavior he sees when he's not there. They're all excited and all fired up, kind of like I feel like I get in sacrament meetings sometimes when I'm really feeling it, and I just am like, yes, this is what it's all about, and I'm going to be so awesome. But then I get throughout my week, and my behavior doesn't really reflect how I felt at that time. He sees that they are anxiously engaged when he's there, but wane in their commitment as soon as he's away. And I feel like some of us feel that way, like general conference. We all get all fired up and all motivated and feeling all spiritual, which is good. That's a good refresh for our soul. But then how well do we keep that up after we leave this conference weekend? And then the poignant question that he asks that really hit me hard is, tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? What? A question that is. I know that's something that resonates with me about myself. I am a person that desires to be under the law, and yet the same question can be asked exasperatedly of me okay, do you not hear the law? What commandments am I choosing to treat lightly? What commitments am I treating inconsistently with how I feel about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is my commitment consistent with how I feel when I'm feeling the spirit in church or this past week listening to the prophet. Now, of course, it's normal to have waves of motivation, but motivation is not sustainable. No person is ever motivated all the time about anything. A person who is really physically fit didn't get that way purely through motivation. They achieved fitness primarily through the cultivation of habit. Jim Rohn, who's an American entrepreneur and motivational speaker, said, motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. Back to my question, what commandments am I treating inconsistently with how I feel about the gospel of Jesus Christ? A few things come to mind to me, and one of them is the seriousness with which I approach the Sabbath day. We have been told over and over again how important it is to treat the Sabbath day holy. Do we take it seriously? Do we go to church and spend the rest of the day indulging purely in what we want to do, even if we're obeying what we feel to be the letter of the law. A lot of rules that are in my head aren't officially rules, and I don't think that they're bad rules, but I think that many times my focus is on the letter of the law that's in my head about things I shouldn't do. I don't go to the store on Sunday. We try to watch only uplifting media, um, spending time with my family, and I think, okay, I'm keeping the Sabbath day holy. But often I can't help feeling that I am not following the spirit of the law on the Sabbath. We often have family over for dinner on Sunday, and instead of being prepared the day before, I will often spend a lot of my Sunday kind of cleaning my house and getting it ready and getting food ready, 
And so instead of really focusing on the Sabbath, I'm just kind of frantically getting ready for people to come over at my house instead of preparing in advance. Another thing is I often sleep in too late. We know how long it takes us to get ready for church. And yet we're always kind of delaying how close can we push it for, for how, when we absolutely need to wake up. So we rush to get ready and then we are a minute or two or three or five late for church. Now, obviously, neither of these things are the worst thing in the world, and I don't think I'm doing horribly at keeping the Sabbath day holy, but I'm just thinking about ways in my Sabbath day that I am not treating it with the reverence and respect that it should be treated. I think I could probably think of 10 more ways that I could do better, and I also could think of 10 ways that I'm doing I'm doing just fine. So it's important that we acknowledge both, right? Acknowledge where you're doing well and know that the Lord is happy with that and always acknowledge where you are falling short. I hope by the end of this episode, you feel motivated to improve your Sabbath day observance. But back to that motivation versus habit, motivation isn't going to get us where we need to be with the Sabbath day. We need to create Sabbath day habits. What habits can we create on our Sundays to help us get the blessings of joy that we are promised? So let's get into Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 58 has some of the most beautiful scripture about fasting, but also about Sabbath day observance. In chapter 58, verse 13, it says, If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable, thou shalt honor him not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, thy father, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. So basically that those verses are saying, if you turn away from doing the things that you want to do and you think about what would the Lord want you to do? And hopefully eventually that kind of comes into line where what you want and what the Lord wants for your Sabbath day line up and your will is one. But if we turn away from the things that we're, we're excited about to do on, on Sunday that we know isn't necessarily pointing us to the Lord and do what he wants us to do instead and do it willingly and call it a delight, it says, then thou shalt delight thyself in the Lord, meaning we will have delight in what we are doing and what he has asked us to do. He will help us, like I said, align our will, what we want with his and we can truly take enjoyment in what we're doing and and have it be a renewing, wonderful experience, not just a relaxing day where we don't have to do all our normal things, which is also a benefit, but probably shouldn't be the focus. The focus should be worship and spiritual renewal. The next thing that verse says is says that I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth. What does that mean? We often hear that the mountain of the Lord, the high places of the earth, are the temple. So does that mean that our earthly experience, our life, has the opportunity to have the Spirit so abundantly that we can feel the feelings that we feel in the temple just during our life, during our every day? And the next promise that he says is, feed thee, he will also, feed thee with a heritage of Jacob thy father. So the blessings of the house of Israel, right? Part of us being able to receive, being worthy to receive the blessings of the house of Israel depends in part on our true observance of the Sabbath day. President Nelson gave a talk in conference 
2015, called The Sabbath is a Delight. He begins his talk by asking this. The question for each of us is, because of what I have heard and felt during this conference, how will I change? So that's my question for us today. As you think about the words that Isaiah has for us here, how will you enact lasting change? President Nelson continues, Whatever your answer might be, may I invite you to also examine your feelings about and your behavior on the Sabbath day. I am intrigued by the words of Isaiah, who called the Sabbath a delight. Yet I wonder, is the Sabbath really a delight for you and for me? What did the Savior mean when he said that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath? I believe he wanted us to understand that the Sabbath was his gift to us, granting real respite from the rigors of our daily life and an opportunity for spiritual and physical renewal. God gave us this special day, not for amusement or daily labor, but for a rest from duty with physical and spiritual relief. The Savior identified himself as Lord of the Sabbath. It is his day. Repeatedly, he has asked us to keep the Sabbath or hallow the Sabbath day. We are under covenant to do so. How do we hallow the Sabbath day? In my much younger years, I studied the work of others who had compiled lists of things to do and things not to do on the Sabbath. It wasn't until later that I learned from the scriptures that my conduct and my attitude on the Sabbath constituted a sign between me and my Heavenly Father. With that understanding, I no longer need lists of do's and don'ts. When I had to make a decision whether or not an activity was appropriate for the Sabbath, I simply asked myself, what sign do I want to give to God? That question has made my choices about the Sabbath day crystal clear. What sign do we give to God with how we currently treat the Sabbath day? What a great question to ask yourself as you plan your day. What activities prevent focus on Him that day? And what activities give focus? Now, of course, this doesn't mean that you won't have days of chaos. Depending on what season you are in life, you might have a house full of young, loud children, and the Sabbath day might not always feel peaceful. You might have a really demanding calling. And yet, despite that, as Nephi tells us, the Lord gives us no command that he will not prepare a way, and he has commanded us to observe the Sabbath day and to call it a delight. Now, your brain might want to really push back on that and say, it's not a delight. It's terrible. My kids are home all day or what, you know, whatever your reason is that maybe you don't currently enjoy the Sabbath. No matter what your reason is, there is a way to be focused on the Savior, no matter what stage you're in, no matter what you have going on on Sunday. And remember what we talked about, I think it was last week where we talked about joy and what true joy is. Calling the Sabbath day a delight might not mean that you feel all happy and smiley and, and what we typically think about with the word delight. Joy is finding fulfillment in the gospel. And so perhaps finding delight in the Sabbath day is loving the Lord and feeling that love. With the Sabbath day so central to how we are told to worship, that begs the question, why is it necessary? To reiterate what the Savior said, he said the Sabbath was made for man, not the man for the Sabbath. What do we truly need from Holy Sabbath day observance. The Lord revealed to Joseph Smith this about the Sabbath day, that thou mayest more fully keep thyself unspotted from the world. Thou shalt go to the house of prayer and offer up thy sacraments upon my holy day. For verily, this is a day appointed unto you to rest from your labors and to pay thy devotions unto the most high. 
I could list off 20 blessings right now of what we could get from proper Sabbath day observance. But I think most importantly, we need it to stay focused on what is really important and what is really true to remain, as it says there, unspotted from the world. The world, as you all know, is getting truly terrifying. Satan is so sneaky with his deception. And I shouldn't say terrifying because we're commanded to fear not. And as we trust in the Lord, we know that everything is going according to plan and that we have no reason to fear. But we need more than ever to be able to overcome the world. And we cannot do that on our own. President Nelson said in general conference over the weekend, what does it mean to overcome the world? It means overcoming the temptation to care more about the things of the world than the things of God. It means trusting the doctrine of Christ more than the philosophies of men. It means delighting in truth and growing to love God and his beloved son more than you love anyone or anything else. Trusting the doctrine of Christ over the philosophies of men. One of those doctrines is Sabbath day observance. Do we really believe the Lord when he says that we need it and that he requires it? Do we believe him when he says it will change our life? President Nelson also spoke over the weekend about covenant keeping. And as he said in that quote that I did earlier from a different talk, part of that covenant keeping is keeping the Sabbath day holy. Covenant keeping is keeping the Lord's commandments. He emphasized that he did not say that covenant keeping will make our life easier. He said, in fact, expect opposition because the adversary does not want you to discover the power of Jesus Christ. But yoking yourself with the Savior means you have access to his strength and redeeming power. President Nelson has also told us before that in order to survive spiritually before the Savior comes again, we will need to have the constant companionship of the Holy Ghost. With the Sabbath day being such a crucial central part of what the Lord has asked us to do, are we really so foolish to think that we can treat the Sabbath day with casual observance and expect to have the necessary spiritual power and Holy Ghost companionship that will enable us to survive? We cannot afford to underestimate Satan. He is so smart. He is so sneaky. And right now on the earth, although he never holds more power than the Lord, the Lord is allowing him this time. Now, this is going to seem off topic for a second, but I want you to listen to an excerpt from Vladimir Putin's speech over the weekend. Vladimir Putin is the president of Russia who is currently spearheading the war in Ukraine and threatening nuclear war. Listen to what he said. Now they have moved on entirely to a radical denial of moral norms, religion, and family. The dictatorship of Western elites is directed against all societies, including the peoples of the Western countries themselves. This is a challenge to all. This is a complete denial of humanity and an overthrow of faith and traditional values. Indeed, the suppression of freedom itself has taken on the features of a religion, outright Satanism. Do we really want, here in our country, in Russia, instead of mum and dad, to have parent number one, parent number two, number three? Have they gone completely insane? Do we really want it drilled into children in our schools that there are supposedly genders besides men and women and children to be offered the chance to undergo sex change operations? We have a different future, our own future. Guys, if I didn't know that that was Vladimir Putin speaking, I would yell amen. This is how terrifyingly strategic Satan is. He is using evil to warp the way that our Western society thinks. And then he is sprinkling good into the rhetoric of a truly evil man. 
We cannot underestimate how good he is at fooling us. He is using good principles to convince us of evil. It is a whole lot easier to buy into evil if it's sprinkled with some truth. Truth is being sprinkled into all the moral arguments of our culture that we know to be against the truth as God defines it. And Vladimir Putin is using it to justify truly evil acts. We need all the power we can get so that we are able to discern. I know when the Lord asks us to do something, it is never trivial. It is always working toward the goal of bringing to pass your salvation. We cannot afford to be arrogant. Recommit yourself now to improving your Sabbath day observance. Ask yourself as you decide what your Sunday should include, like President Nelson does. What sign do I want to give to God? And as you feel the truth of what I'm saying right now, as you feel the Spirit testifying to you that Sabbath day observance is important and vital, remember what Paul said. But it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing, and not only when I am present. As Paul says, Right now, I am zealously affected in a good thing in this moment. But will I still feel that next Sunday? I need to make a plan. I need to focus on creating Sabbath day habits because this motivation that I have right now is not sustainable. I need habits, habits throughout the week and habits on my Sabbath day to help me focus on Jesus Christ. And then Paul continues, Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? I desire to be under the law, but am I hearing? Am I following through? Am I listening and taking seriously the commandments that God gives? Do I believe him when he says that I need it, that it can be a delight, as Isaiah says, that it is no small thing to treat the Sabbath day casually? Do I hear the law? Let's end with Isaiah again. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.